We begin today with breaking news. Traffic is backed up. There's an accident on the freeway. About a dozen downtown businesses were boarded up Wednesday. And in business, the stock market fell through the floor Two today. nights of no protests over the police shooting of an unarmed this is black a man. regular affair for the president. wondering how safe is the beef here at home? It's a mad, mad world. Hello. Hello, everyone. How are you? <laughs> I hope What's you're well. up? Yes, same here. Welcome to a mad, mad world where we try and make sense of this mad, mad world we're living in. Mm, and try to. Try to figure out a way on where we go from here. Yeah, how are and we getting out of all this? Where are we going with this? We're going to uh, clean up your mess. That's it. We're the custodians. Maybe that should oh, be the, yeah. new, mm. the new name of this podcast. But thanks for those Cleaning of you. Cleaning up with Los and yeah. Bertram. Thank you for listening. Uh, go ahead and subscribe or follow or however these apps are so confusing now because you could subscribe which means you're paying us money but you could just follow to uh just you know follow the podcast get the new episodes would Uh, you like to pay us money yeah let us know do uh, yeah do all of the above but yeah follow us uh well you know we'll we'll try and give you the best stuff possible um Mm. i am los a.k.a. Los Stevens, a.k.a. Friendly Neighborhood Los. And uh, as always, I'm joined by... Uh, I used to be Bertram, but oh. I joined the military. Mm. What, what, what does that mean? Well, I, I, don't wanna, I can't be called Bertram anymore because I have a rank. What's your rank? Major Ugly. Okay. <laughs> I should have seen that one coming. <laughs> that is my new name. I know the, the artist formerly known as Knowledge... Is now formerly Bertram, and now I'm just Major Ugly, baby. Major Ugly, ugly. the bridge troll. Okay. Hey, come here. (laughs) Is that a sandwich? You're wild, man. I apologize. I'm sorry, everybody. Too much. But I would say I'm sorry, America. But where people listen to us way more overseas. Yeah, shout out to overseas. Thanks, thanks again. Where where are we getting our our majority listens? India showing us some love. Yeah. Iran. Iran. Show us some. Hey, India, give us a topic relevant to your country. We want to do some special and and cover something as what's going on over there. Yeah. What do you guys want us to talk about? Yeah. Hit us up. Uh, email us at info at madmadworldpod.com. Uh, go to our Instagram page at madmadworldpod. Um, yeah. Just give us a note. Or I I know I say India because that's our biggest base, but. Uh, if you're in the U.S. too, assuming you listen, if you're in Europe, if you're in the other parts of Asia, Australia, I know we have listeners all over. Hey, you could do the same thing. Send us a note. Yeah. Uh, it'd be fun to cover topics relevant to uh, places outside of the United States. Germany, um, the big change in German politics. We were talking right. about that before the episode. Maybe you want us to talk about that, what it yeah. means for uh, Germany. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we, we love that feedback. But today we're getting into something. But I want to start with a, a question, Bertram. Uh-oh. Have you ever been to Dick's Last Resort? No. Tell it's me a more. Restaurant. Tell it's a me more. Tell of, me more. Chain of restaurants. I was first introduced to it in Las Vegas. And uh, the whole shtick of the, the restaurant is that they are obnoxious and rude to you intentionally. Oh, I heard. Ab- I heard. Ab- I heard about that, but I didn't know the name of it. 
Yeah, so you go in there, they put like this paper dunce cap on you, and they're just rude for, to you. They slam your food. Uh, they, yeah, they just, they're like, what do you want? Oh, I bet you want that. Yeah, yeah. You're so annoying. Could you just stop now and stuff like that? And you said you haven't gone here? I have. I have. I went in, in Vegas. Is that your Nova. experience? Tell, tell us about your personal experience. It's fun. Yeah, they, they just like insult you like. Uh, it wasn't me, but like someone didn't have their dunce cap on, and then they like <laughs> they just feathered their the person's hair. They ruffled their hair a little bit, and they were just like they're just mean and rude. And it's like off putting at first because you enter an establishment, you expect great service or at least people being cordial. They are the exact opposite. So, wow. but once you buy into that, it's fun. It's Is just the food good. It's just jarring. Yeah, it's nothing. Nothing. It's nothing <laughs> special. It's just, you know, every place like that has, you know, it's standard contemporary American fare. So burgers and fries and. Okay, let me ask yeah, you this: yeah. on the way out the door, you know, normally the the front, uh, the 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 welcomers. What, what's the word I'm looking for here? The host and host. The host. Yeah. This, yeah, man. It's been a long day. Um, the the host will say, "Oh, have a good time." Is there anybody there yelling at you while you're walking out? Uh, I can't remember that to be a, yeah, I can't remember that to be honest. But I don't think they were nice. Yeah, they're never nice when you get in. I just you wonder just, if they cuss you out the door, or flip you off, or something like that, or scream at you while you're leaving. Like that'd be pretty funny. It's worth a revisit. So I I manage. I'm on their website right now, and they they have a location in Indianapolis. Where Bert, Bertram is really uh, is, where is based? It's off of one uh, eleven West Maryland Street, Indianapolis, uh, zip code four six two two five. Okay, yeah, maybe uh, you could give us an update. Go with uh, our friend Doctor Thunder and tell us about your experience if you would like us to. But I I'm not going to do it unless you guys send us uh, some some stuff at info at Man yeah. World Pod. Oh, apparently this is right near where I live. See, there you this go. This is this is right near the mall. Los, I it's right. I could walk to this place apparently. <laughs> yes. See? You know what? Now that I th- I'm seeing the picture outside. Yes, I know where that is. I've seen that outside the mall. Yeah, and uh, so in addition, if uh, those of you interested, they also have uh, locations in Dallas, Texas, uh, in Kentucky at Gatlinburg, Indianapolis, as I said, Las Vegas, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Nashville, Tennessee. Panama City Beach, Florida. What is this? Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and San Antonio, Texas. That's a long list. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know what you guys are thinking too. You go, man. Bertram would fit right in there at a place that's rude because he'll be r- r- rude right back. <laughs> I bet I can outroot him. <laughs> Telling people to walk into a lake, boiling people in oil and things, man. I think they they might meet their match in the bridge troll. Major Ugly might have to go down there. So the reason why I mention this is not because this is some sort of endorsement, but hey, Dick's Last Resort, if you want to throw us a bone and become a sponsor, that's cool too. But uh, today's today's I'm episode, your forgotten son. Today's episode, we're asking the question, is it time to cancel customer service? Should a place what? like Dick's Last Resort be the norm? Or are there other solutions because... As the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic has, I guess, allowed things to reopen. Uh, customer, kind of. 
Yeah, kind of. A little start and stop there. I'm hesitant about saying, oh, well, it's it's not ending anytime soon, it doesn't look like, or, you know, things aren't normal. But as things started reopening um, because of, you know, COVID, uh, businesses out there have found that patrons of their of their establishments have been more rude and it's because really? it's become a friction point with a lot of places um to the degree that uh, not to mention the the staff shortages and the supply chain issues that exist right now uh which are affecting both businesses and consumers alike but yeah it's just they're re- running into a lot of rude people and they're causing some issues here and so much so that there's some there's some stores and restaurants that are putting signs that say rude people not allowed or if you're gonna be rude get out stuff like that just warning signs and you know that's become a thing now so i'm yeah i'm always the one on this show saying yeah there's all these things happening these systems oh they could be corrupt but at the end of the day we're just not good enough so (laughs) i'm just gonna kick that off kick the show off like that and and ask is it true is it is it time that like customer service just be thrown out the window because what we're seeing now and you and i both having experience working in customer service in the past um maybe there could be a case for that so what say you to that no (laughs) i don't know man customer service is a pretty important part of uh in light of these sort of face to the public right Mm -hmm. yeah okay and you know it's I tend to agree, but it's like, given some of this behavior, and as, let's say even pre-pandemic, right? Like I said, you and I have both worked in customer service. You know how difficult things could be. Um, uh, you and, know customers are horrible. Yeah. and But now what we're seeing with these new challenges in places suffering through, through staff shortages and, uh, you know, just workers not being as readily available um you know it reminds me of something that maybe we haven't covered yet as a topic on this episode but it's it was a looming fear just in the workforce that this thing may end up taking over and what i'm thinking is maybe it is time for like robots automation and what would be the what would be the consequences there because we're seeing so much of this, like, you know, abuse um, on on the on that on behalf of the uh, the employees. Uh, I found an article from the L.A. Times, and it was just uh, that's that's kind of where I started my journey on my show notes. Uh, because you said we're going to do episode on cust- we're going to do an episode on customer service, and I said, okay, well, what am I what am I searching for exactly here? And you and I are getting pretty good at looking for. Uh, doing our research and knowing exactly how to sort of navigate the internet and navigate sources. Uh, And this was just a column, uh, an opinion column that said, some companies think customers are okay with lousy service. Think again. And it's talking about this uh, person's 100-year-old mother who has a panic button around her neck in case she ever gets into trouble at her Westchester home. And if she pushes it, apparently, it takes at least five minutes just for somebody to get there at this place. And, uh, you know, saying that, well, that's not a good enough time to respond for a service representative you know five minutes is uh, for a 100 year old is the difference between life and death and so mm-hmm. it, thinking about your premise right where 
it makes me wonder, I don't want to take sides in this, which makes it difficult because on one hand, I know that customers can be incredibly unruly and the customers who ask for too much, you know, especially in, in the teaching community, any, anywhere you're working, there's always, you're always going to deal with those nightmare customers, right? Where it's somebody who thinks that you should be uh, capable of doing more than you're actually responsible for. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, there's there's one on Reddit. Uh, I don't remember what it was. It's called, but it's a subreddit where uh, it talks about. I think it's called "I don't work here, lady." <laughs> it's just oh, people yeah. coming into Walmart and things and just demanding just the the high class customer service. It's like, well, that's not what they're paying me for. And so there does seem to be some sort of discrepancy, Los, between what we're asking our employees to do and what certain people of our uh, our, our clientele are demanding of them. And there seems to be a disconnect there between the jobs that are being offered and the demands of said job, and they need to find a common ground. So asking a minimum wage employee at a, a big box retailer to give world-class customer service that's a really big ask for something that you're not you're paying minimum wage for and that sort of becomes the problem it's a it's an issue we're having in our society right now we say well nobody wants to work anymore and that's not true it's people are tired of having to give uh you know average work ethic or high work you know having to to give so much more than what's being paid to them if you're going to pay a, a minimum wage job then you have to understand that as a minimum effort job right and and that seems to be our, our problem with this Lowe's. would you agree is that there seems you're, you're saying hey we need automation well we need automation for the jobs that are not in customer service but is is it is it possible to replace some of those minimum wage jobs with automation do i went to taco bell the other day and the lady was sitting in there, and I'll tell the whole Taco Bell story in a minute because it's a very telling story of what's going on in our country right now, and I thought it was kind of funny. But do I really need a cashier taking my order order when I could really just use the kiosk right there, which is going to do a better job anyway? I do need somebody to cook the food, but you know that's a job that could be replaced. I don't need somebody smiling at me like Chick-fil-A. Where how, how else can I serve you? And how else can I serve you? I don't. We don't need that. That does not have to be... Uh, uh, world-class customer service but you know the person who is delivering the food the person who is making sure my experience is great yeah that person might need to be good at customer service yeah and but i think that point goes back to your point about the minimum effort uh, because if that is such an important quality to have then why isn't the pay commensurate with the quality mm-hmm. and so that's to me, that lends credence to the case that maybe customer service as a sort of this 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 quality, right? This this amenity uh, that that is with a lot of these establishments should that be sort of redone, retooled, and more of a, just a very utilitarian thing maybe with a robot where instead of getting smiles you get splashy animations to say oh yeah thank you for that because it just the way yeah especially i you know work in design a lot of times and when you're looking at solving problems and there's always we're always ones to say man if things are happening so consistently the problem is not with so much the people it's with the design of 
the thing or the system that's being used. So the way these expectations, as you said, like with customer service, like having a pleasant experience, well, maybe it's clear that there may be something wrong with that model, the customer service model, being that the employees, now what we're seeing, whether that's on the short-term or long-term basis, they're not showing up to these jobs that the way that they did before. And also, when they're there, they're having to suffer some of this abuse from customers. So it's like, we need to sort of fix that. How do you address that? And in the meantime, like, you know, maximize, uh, you know, just the profits or just the performance of the businesses. So, yeah, I think it's it's up. I think it's worth it to take another look at what customer service is, right? Yeah. I remember when I worked at Sports Authority from 2011 to 2015, 14. And uh, when we opened the store, our big thing was world-class customer service. That was the, the big phrase that we kept using. And I remember they gave us the payroll to allow that, meaning mm -hmm. that we were a two-floor gigantic, I think we were a $10 million a year store. Uh, you know, we, we, we were pretty powerful. And there were two people in footwear, one person in team sports, two people in apparel, one person in golf, one person in outdoors, uh, four cashiers. And you had all, this, all these people uh, on the floor at the same time. And because of that, we were able to give world-class customer service because you could focus on, you know, making sure the customer has that help. I remember there was this dude named Liam who I worked with. He was from Trinidad. And man, Los, this guy could sell shoes better than I've ever seen anybody do it. Meaning that every customer that came to footwear, he made, he managed to give them a unique experience, right? Where he specifically catered to them. He measured their feet. He, he found their, um, their insoles, their foot supports, like either arch support, uh, what sort of feet they had. He, he gave, he, you know, he got to know each customer, asked them questions, found the right shoes for them. And he would end up getting every customer to spend $200 Los, and, and made them want to spend $200, right? And what I noticed is that over time, we started to cut back payroll, right? We started to heavily scale back the people we could have in the building at once. So we started to have, instead of, what, eight, nine, ten employees who weren't cashiers, like uh, now we just had one cashier and one person for the entire building. So one salesperson and one cashier. Right. As opposed to four cashiers and eight people who were on the floor. And what I noticed was even Liam was still an amazing salesman, but then you just didn't have time to sell to customers anymore because you had to keep the, 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 the building clean. Right. Because you had to do re what they call perfect dials and go backs and like you had to clean up constantly. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of just maintenance, like making sure the shoes get put back, making sure that, you know, stuff's not on the floor, cleaning up after customers. Right. Before we used to have the payroll to do that. And now Liam can't. He doesn't have time. He doesn't have 40 minutes to spend with one customer anymore. And so that world class customer service went back, but they still demanded it which was funny, right, is that the, the store still said, we're trying to give world-class customer service. I said, well, no, you're not trying to do that. Uh, you're, you, you know, you're trying to find where 
payroll and customer service meet. And I say that to get to my point where I feel like that's ultimately the the problem that we're having is that where do payroll and customer service meet? Because if we have the payroll, we can afford world-class customer service. Happens all the time in teaching too, Los, right? The more time that I have that I get to spend with each and every one of my students, the better they're going to go up. Yet the district loves to spend so much time and well, no, we need you to do this and we need you to fill out this form and, and we need, there's so much garbage that they say, well, you have to do this instead and not understand why my kids aren't as successful as they could be. Well, you're not letting me do the most important thing, which is taking that time to give them world-class customer service, right? Taking the time to meet their need, to understand exactly where they are on that reading level so that I can hit them right where they are. And man, all of a sudden, Liam can't spend 40 minutes with the customer and that customer walks away with maybe not spending any money, Los, and that's the problem. Pay, payroll versus world-class customer service. Those two, those two things got to meet. Hmm. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. I I agree in that the investment of customer service needs to be there. If you are truly, if if the words match your actions, right? Um, you know, I I worked for Apple. You know, I was a genius. I worked at the Genius Bar. Yeah. I was also sales short time before that. And uh, there was, they modeled a lot of their customer service model from uh, Ritz-Carlton and other fancy hotels. Really? And they looked at exactly how they were able to maximize the service um, at a very luxury, very elite level. And how do you bring that to retail? Because they wanted the experience to be similar. So they were very calculated in things that you never point your finger anywhere. You point with an open palm. Uh, just, just a few examples like that. You never use the word, unfortunately. You use terms more like, as it turns out, uh, and, and here's what we could do. I don't know. Let's find out. Things like that uh, because yeah. it, was, it was more about not creating a sort of negative space with the customer uh, and also like not apologizing for your product. Uh, and that's sort of what gets loaded into the word, unfortunately, which is to this day, I don't use that even oh, in general wow. conversation. I just don't like it. It's just, it's lazy to me. It's like, what do you mean? Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so those were some of the things that, that lended to that. But despite all of the training and all of the investment from this, world-class organization that being apple i was still you know having to deal with the the wrath of a lot of these customers and because yeah, they're dropping a lot of money dropping a lot of money and you would always hear that it's like oh i spent thousands of dollars on apple products i'm like everybody spends thousands of you could yeah. buy one apple product you're spending thousands of dollars don't give me that the the reason why and I don't want to turn this into a uh, rant about the Apple store, but I'm like, the reason <laughs> why Apple has these services is because people like you spend all this money. So don't make it about an entitlement thing. But that's sort of where I'm getting at with the whole, should we reconfigure, reevaluate what customer service is and the level of, uh, as to what where it should be offered or how it should be offered um, in that, what you it could be a, with the greatest effort greatest infrastructure of customer service but you're still going to have I'll say it assholes out there 
And now yeah. these assholes are apparently Say it coming, again, Los. coming up at a higher rate. Uh, and you could see the article I linked in the show notes here from the Wall Street Journal, which is titled Restaurants and Hotels Push Back Against the Uptick in Customer uh, Tantrums. Uh, they give an Ooh. example... They give an example of a restaurant that has a sign that says "Be kind or leave," and mm. a, an organizational effort in the hospitality industry in Rhode Island, which is called their campaign is called "Please Be Kind," uh, because of the level of abuse that um, these businesses have had to deal with, um, you know, uh, uh, with the fallout of the the COVID nineteen pandemic. So. Um, that's why I'm just, you know, I'm wondering, is it, is it worth it? Right. Even if you have the best customer service, is it worth it? You know what I love about this episode, Los, is that so often you and I take a side. I feel mm -hmm. like on this podcast is, and I do it much more clear than Los sometimes where we clearly take a side and sometimes we're on the same side and sometimes we're not. But what I feel like right now is here you are presenting this information on, Hey, I think it might be the customers who are, I'll say it. You said assholes, right? I, it, there's two sides to this. I feel and the, I think both sides are pretty fair in that. Yes. Customers are, are you said uh, a customer tantrum issue, right? I don't know if there's an official name to it, but for right now we'll call this, this customer tantrum problem mm -hmm. uh, since coming back from COVID. But also uh, there's an article I put in from Inc. Uh, that says it's time for companies to stop blaming pandemic for terrible customer service. And it says, because honestly, a lot of companies, especially big ones, are doing a pretty poor job of the basics. By basics, I mean answering the phone and letting me talk to a real person. And they continue to blame it on COVID-19, which I think is letting them off the hook a little too easily. I say that because companies were bad at the basics long before the pandemic. Companies have been trying to reduce the amount of money it costs them to interact with customers for years. The truth is the pandemic only highlighted that the way many companies provide customer service has been broken for a long time. And, that, you know, that's true. What I think about your problem when you talk about, you know, uh, Apple and working for Apple was that people enjoy, maybe not enjoyed, but at least there was a place for people to come to get help with their Apple products, right? There, you know, they did a really good job of building the come to the Apple store, go to the Genius Bar, get that help, sign in, you know, that there's not too many places I can think of that were like Apple in terms of if you had a problem, you kind of knew where to go. Whereas there's so many, you know, I got T-Mobile paying these phone bills and things. And it's like, I, there's, I, I tried to go to the T-Mobile store when I had a problem and I went in and they said, oh, that's not us. You have to call customer support. And I said, man, you're right down the street and you can't just tell me what's wrong with my phone. No, no, no. You got to call. And I went in there to switch a phone line, I think. Cause, and they, they said, no, it has to be through online customer support. So I called it and Lowe's, it was just the most painful, agonizing yeah. process where I think I had ended up having to call them a total of eight times because they kept messing up and they kept misdiagnosing the problem or doing they, they There's just weird things that they would do where, no, 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 you, you put in the notes this, but that's not even the problem that I have and just blowing it, right? And I feel like that's an issue that a lot of people have. So maybe the Apple problem is a better problem than than others because there's so many of this online customer support that's just a nightmare to deal with, right? And now it's getting amplified because look at everything's got to be online. Most of them you can't go to an Apple store right now and that they want you to do it online because of the pandemic, right? Yeah, and 
Yeah, I mean, without going too much into the operations of Apple, I think they started building out their their customer or their product support base more online because a store is only so big, right? And there's always going to be more and more people coming into the stores. So at some point you get stretched too thin. And so what they were doing was they were scheduling, we'd schedule a customer in for an appointment and you have a pool of times that you, you get paired with a technician and they try and figure everything out. But you just, there's more point and people would walk in without appointments and you want to help everybody. So then people are waiting long, long stretches of time. So they had to build out, they actually created an app just entirely for support, Apple support. And so that started becoming a thing. So it's just that, okay, you understand. Okay, well, I understand you want to speak to a person, right? But there's only so many people because, you know, we're selling all these stuff. Um, so uh, you know, there's. I think there's a better way to build that infrastructure. I think it's getting people a little more comfortable with, you know, so it's, it goes back to the teaching people how to fish sort of thing, right? Let me, help me help you. Uh, so I think there's a component there, but I, I just think it's like, I think it's a weird thing in that customer service as a service hasn't been around for that long so we're kind of probably still in the stone ages with that mm. and so that may be where we are at in terms of these problems that we're having both on the customer side not getting the best experience but also on the sort of the business side right and handling these customers with the, just like uneven expectations what we expect as a business from you as a customer isn't aligning what you the customer expect from us as a business and i think that's what needs uh that's what the problem really is we see here yeah and i agree i put in the show notes a link uh and it's just a blog so it's not even a perfect um yeah. it's not a perfect example but there's a few things i just wanted to talk about that i felt that they hit right on the head uh it's called why customer service is important 16 data backed facts to know and the first one I thought was the most important. Customer retention is cheaper than customer acquisition, which I feel like based on you know your line of work and based on my line of work, I think you and I can both agree that customer retention is definitely far cheaper than customer acquisition because look how many companies spend all this money on customer acquisition. I mean, it's, it's social media is driven by customer acquisition, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this really cool graphic where it talks about investing in customer service opens up new revenue streams and it talks um, many businesses are reluctant to spend money on customer success because this is viewed as starving acquisition. But investing today creates more breathing room for your business tomorrow. Rather than being forced to play catch up because unhappy customers are churning, you can create an entirely new, much less expensive acquisition channel, your happy customers. Uh, Los, we did our investing episode a long time ago. I think it was called uh, Crypto and Blockchains mm -hmm. and NFTs and all that. Uh, we had a, pre that was a pretty good episode. Go back and listen to it. And uh, when I look at companies to invest in, I do look at that ability for customer retention, right? And that how how well are they able to retain the customers that they have and do they have uh, a, a 
profitable business model based on customer retention? What are you going to do to keep your keep your customers happy? And that's really hard to do because the the blog goes on to say, uh, you know, customer service represents your brand image, mission, and values. Happy customer service employees will create happy customers. Happy customers refer uh, refer others. And one of the things that you and I just talked about. Uh, that I think it's number nine. No, but that that's an interesting one too. Proactive customer service uh, creates marketing opportunities. I love talking about uh, habit one of the seven uh, habits of highly effective people being proactive versus being reactive. And so it talks about reactive customer service versus proactive customer service. Take care of the problems that the customers may face in the future. Man, that's a very important uh, idea if you're trying to grow a business. Uh, but it was number 10, customers expect high quality service. And I think you touched upon that, talking about these uh, customers who are going in and they, they have the entitlement, right? They have these expectations of high quality from people who might, you know, might be getting paid minimum wage too, right? Uh, so that was a very interesting blog, but I think those are some points that they need to touch upon how can business models have proactive customer service and kind of figure out their customers needs you you really have to take time to know your customer and know what problems they're going to be facing would you would you agree that that seems to be one of the most important aspects of customer service yeah i i think so and i think it, it does come from a communication standpoint now with this the issue that's you know more dominant in the news being restaurants. I think that's a slightly different model, right? In that, sure. How do you don't have the time to? Oh, let's understand the customer. Let's let's try and spend more time with them. They're there for you know thirty minute to an hour visit sure. at a sit down establishment, or if it's a coffee shop, maybe it's like five ten minutes. So it's like I think I think building around like you know just the systems on how they enter the the facility or how they how they order a product that needs to weigh more into the customer service experience so that once it gets to a face like a human they're not being yelled at all the time and i think and sort of once again another point on the case of maybe canceling customer service if we're going to humor ourselves with that is that maybe well i think with the COVID pandemic, people were relying a lot on delivery service, right? Which minimizes your interaction with a human. So then once they get back into a an actual building, a uh, brick and mortar spot, that then it's like, well, I was getting it this way when I got it delivered. Now I'm here and things are just slow. They're bogged down. What's the problem? I don't want to wait in line. Oh, I don't even want to wear a mask. Uh, why you know yeah. that kind of stuff so it's like the challenge there is that communication it's like the expectation and maybe for now a sign in the front of the door saying please be kind uh could do but you know we're gonna have to start addressing this in a different way um you know to get different results and be a little more uh forgiving on these employees these poor employees well, for me, yeah. uh, the please be kind thing, I go to this place in uh, Fishers, Indiana. It's my favorite pizza spot, Los. And it mm. was, they had a, a northwest Indiana where I'm from. Uh, they had the same pizza place. And me and my friends have gone many – it has the best pizza I've ever had, Los. Best pizza. Or at least in this area. The best pizza I've ever had is up there in Chicago. Uh, but 
this man, this is up there. It's I have to have it, Los, or I'm going to hit somebody <laughs> in the face. And I think they have a hey, just so you know, we're short staffed. The and every time we go in there, uh, the service is just the pizza's always great, but the service has been horrible because there'll be three tables with people at them, and mm-hmm. there's just no one working. <laughs> and and I see. Uh, you know, just no one's checking. And you said communication. And for me, that's part of the issue, too, is they don't come in and communicate and say, hey, just so you know, here's what we're dealing with right now. Where I go, there's only three people here. What what's the holdup? You know, and they don't communicate that. But then shout outs to this dude named Sean, whereas I think maybe we went six or seven times and every time was horrible except for one. And it was still horrible from the standpoint of it just took long to get everything out. But Sean was so good and just very communicative and, you know, laid back. And many people were stressed working as like on the part of the wait staff and they were running around and they were just ignoring everybody. But Sean was not stressed at all, maybe because he didn't care, but uh, he was just friendly and communicative and checked on us and even though he wasn't you know it's like hey the fries still weren't coming out on time he was just good at balancing it and being mindful of that and making sure that we had a good time and was just very nice and to this day i was like man i'll only ever go when sean is there because he's he just understands world-class customer service even though it's like he wasn't kind of able to deliver that during a pandemic because of things that were outside of his control. But maybe we just need more practice in managing some of that too, you know? Yeah. It's in, uh, yeah, you have to wonder if the communication is out there from the very start that as soon as you enter through the door, they say, Hey, we're short staffed, expect longer waits. Would that experience be a little better or would the customers be a little more understanding um just a question have you ever gone off at a restaurant or a store or something like that have you ever had one of those tantrums one of those moments and if no if so was it is there a reason i don't think so because i think that takes a special kind of person doesn't it that's what Does i it? think but then us trying to deconstruct right this this sort of issue that's going on right the tantrums and and I was a jerk with DoorDash one time because they screwed up my food and then they kept like not communicating with me. So I don't I won't say tantrum, but I was not happy. Lois, <laughs> and I was telling them the look, guys, I understand that this is a problem, but you also got to understand from my end. I'm probably never going to order from here again. And then in <laughs> fairness, I did order from there. Yeah. again. So, uh, no, but uh, I'll tell you this story about Taco Bell. Lois. I went mm-hmm. to Taco Bell last week with a buddy and. Taco Bell, man, I feel like they've been lit up worse than anybody during the pandemic because every time I go to, I've I've been to Taco Taco Bell maybe a billion times in my life, man. <laughs> like I I lived at Taco Bell for a, a very long time, and uh, I go into this Taco Bell, and me and my buddy we're like we're gonna eat in there so we can get a hot fresh meal. Uh, and you know it it can never be wrong. We go in Los, and there's two ladies working there. Okay, both are not behind the counter. They're both (laughs) sitting in the dining room. Okay, so they must, man, there must be no cars coming through there, right? And uh, the one lady's sitting there eating food, I think. And I don't even think it was her lunch break. But, uh, and uh, she comes in, we come in and she immediately goes, you can order at the kiosk because it immediately told us that the, the, the cash register is not open right now because she was sitting in the dining hall. So, and she goes, you guys can order at the kiosk. Uh, 
And just so you know, we don't have any chicken or nachos bel grande. <laughs> and I said, man, this is every time at Taco Bell where they immediately tell us what they don't have. Sometimes, hey, we don't have ground beef, chips, cheese, lettuce, or tomatoes. So I'm like, that's everything. <laughs> so what can I order, basically? And they keep taking stuff off the menu. Los. I don't understand if Taco Bell has just changed the way that they fundamentally do business now or what. <laughs> you got rid of the Mexican pizza. You got rid of potatoes, but then you put them back. Uh, they got rid of something else I used to love. Oh, the grilled stuffed burrito. I'm like, no grilled stuffed burrito? No Mexican pizza? What's the point of going anymore then? Uh, and so we order at the kiosk. And then I think there's somebody back there making the food. And there's not. It's just these two ladies. And one of them has her child in the in the dining room watching a video very loudly, right? And I said, what is that noise? I said, oh, she's got her kid here <laughs> just hanging out watching videos on YouTube. Oh, and wow. so they both get up, and they go in the back, and they make the food. And on the counter, Los, was a bunch of boxes of, like, fixtures and things that I was like, why are – and it was dark. It was. I, I remember the lights weren't on, Los. We sat there in the dark and ate. Why weren't the lights on in the dining room? And all these boxes of fixtures that are supposed to be like in the back or in a hall, in a closet, you just put them on the 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 table. They were on the counter. <laughs> so, and so they gave us our food, and it was fine. Tasted good. You know, we sat there, but it was just fascinating to sit here and watch this this story and. Thank goodness you asked the question. Am I have I ever been a, a meltdown monster like you know some of these people? Uh, clearly not, because in that situation, I still had a good time. Because yeah. I'm gonna find a way. To, I grew up poor, man, and, and I'm gonna go back to being it one day, probably soon. And uh, <laughs> I can I can do almost anything for the most part, pretty comfortably. Uh, so it takes a lot for me to have to yell and get upset, and you know. Most of the time, hey, come on, man. I, it's okay. <laughs> have you have you ever had an instance like that? No, no. You've never gone off. You because I've seen you mad, Los. I've seen you very mad. Yeah, I've been frustrated, but I I don't go off like that. I I spent a large uh, portion of my life in customer service. Started working what when I was fifteen. Yeah. And then you, yeah. you know it's a hard job. I know it's a hard job. There, yeah, there's been I've gone through a process of being upset but still communicating it with them. So I just I don't fit that mold, but yeah, I do find it interesting and just I used to be known as a sort of diffuser when I worked in, in customers. So really? help me often go to one of the most irate customers and you know, just this take was it at down Apple. The, this is Apple, yeah, even yeah. Nike. Nike, um, yeah. Did you but, go talk to this person, Los? You're like, man, why you always ask me? Thing is, I hated it, and it's what pushed me out in general. Is that I knew that I was one of the best at it, and I could do it effectively because just knowing how to communicate with people. But it weighed on you, you know. I get home, and it's just like when your job is to hear people complain all day, and then. Maybe you come home to your girlfriend and then she's telling you about her day. It's just like, dude, I don't even want to go there, you know? <laughs> and it's like, I yeah. want to be able to listen to her. But like the only way I could do that is to take myself out of this situation because it was just weighing on my psyche a little too much. And it's a shame, you know, because one of the realizations I had was that no matter I could be the best to ever do it in customer service, but I'm not going to change anything. And so <laughs> you can't, 
I came to that realization and I was like, man, I got to go right now because <laughs> that's that's what it that's how it is. So it's like my when we're talking in this episode, I'm just trying to focus. It's like, how do you eliminate those kind of things? And it's and I think we've we sort of lined out a few things like improving your investment, improving the infrastructure of customer service within your environment and you just communicating effectively and i think that could minimize it but it's a shame that those expectations from a customer standpoint often still result in confrontations and so that old adage the customer is always right i think you and i having worked uh, uh, in customer service no that's that's definitely not true uh, but that's that's almost a an American thing though that expectation the customer is always right um, Amazon has built a successful very very successful business on the premise that the customer is always right because they do everything for the customer at the detriment of you know allegedly many employees but uh, you know that's that's something that exists so that's why customer service as a service continues to exist great okay i'm glad you brought this up this is the perfect segue that mm -hmm. i don't know if you saw this coming and you said you know what can we eliminate how how can we do this and uh the required reading for this week and i don't know if you got a chance to look at <laughs> this did it. you get the the harvard business review yeah. uh -huh. did you know i was going here well i yeah i see the notes too so <laughs> you're just you're i don't know if you checked it i didn't know if you were planning to segue me into this but man you're just so smart los you're you're perfect at diffusing me you must work in in bertram service bertram uh, is harvard business review and it says elevate employees don't eliminate them unlock value by connecting them with customers uh and this was from the september october 2021 harvard business review uh magazine and it says uh from this insight and related research i have developed a post-pandemic playbook for employers centered on five key pieces of advice would you like to break these down one by one los you want me to do it? No, I'll read oh, it and you yeah. tell me what you think about this. Yes, Would please. this work? Let's do okay. it. Okay. Here's one, Los. What do you think about this? Create the conditions for employees to connect with customers when it matters most. Why is that important? Well, yeah, you want to be able to meet at the same place, right? So that's the whole idea of connection. So, um, you know, and plus your employees are going to have the engagement with your customers you may be in the back room somewhere or in an office so they're the front face so allow those conditions to happen and try and enhance them in any way possible mm. uh, i like number two help employees make more of these meaningful connections by shifting the boundaries of their work yeah yeah and and, and i think that's almost a communication thing as well is because it's like, what is the scope of my work as an employee? Yeah. Like, what am I paid to do? Is there something not It's something, frankly, that I ask employers during interviews. It's like, okay, I understand everything that you've outlined in the job description, but could you tell me what are some responsibilities that probably don't jump out here in this job description what are mm. some things that maybe i wouldn't know uh, going in that you probably 
see on a day-to-day basis? And now could that define my role and, you know, what's the expectations there? Yeah. And for me, this goes back to answer your earlier question where you say, well, what can we do about this? What can companies do about this? What can anybody really do about this? For me, that seems to be the answer, right, is can we flesh out the scope of the work? Meaning, you know, you and I talked to go listen to some of our episodes back in January and we talked about defunding the police and the, the capital insurrection and all these things. And I feel like, you know, people say, well, should we defund the police? Should we do this? Should we do that? No, the the answer is we have to fully understand the boundaries of their work, right? Their job is to keep the peace, and yet how often do we let them do their job? And so while everyone's arguing about whose side they're on, I'm just on the right side, which is I'm in the middle saying, no, 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 you're both wrong. Let's just fix the boundaries of their their their, their work. I'm watching the same thing happening in, in teaching, Los, in that um, because of the pandemic, districts are very hands-on on what they what they think needs to be done. And because of that, they're expanding the scope of the, the work for a teacher and they're moving the boundaries around. And they're saying that, well, no, no, no oh, we, oh, we got to do this too and do this. And they're they're not quite understanding where to put the importance on you know our work and so for me the boundaries have to exist somewhere around working with the customer in this case the student right my job and it, it, this this article is a great article it's why it's our required reading and it goes on you know employees want to help the customer employees do not get good employees anyway uh ultimately you know their job they feel good they feel fulfilled if they help the customer when i think of liam you know he's not just doing it because he wants to watch uh this this person buy two hundred dollars worth of footwear right he's doing it because he wants them to ultimately be happy with their purchase which makes him feel great right if he can have and and that's how you have return customers and that's how you keep that customer is that they're going to come back and buy $200 worth of footwear next time and they're not going to have a problem with spending $200 and that's customer retention so all this stuff kind of builds together you know what i mean mhm and so is there any, do you do you agree with that is that do you feel that way is that you the people who feel fulfilled at the jobs you worked in customer service ultimately they they feel fulfilled because they want to help the customer is that number one yeah yeah i i do think yeah there's there's something special about somebody who actually cares about the customer than it than cares more about just doing their job and so Mm. that's why you do have to be a sort of people person to be working in those and understanding hey if we're looking at the employee side and they're saying you got to make money right now but part of your job is providing that service and uh you know, customers will be assholes sometimes. And <laughs> that's just one of those things that we're going to have to deal with. But like, even knowing just how to navigate those avenues. And, you know, I think something that could be added to this list is like empowering employees to sort of engage with customers on that level in elevated situations. Mm. So, uh, you know, knowing that just assume that a manager will never be available if you're working some some sort of front of house because making you the manager at that very moment, right, for the situation. And that's one of the things, going back to Apple, right, is like newsflash, right? If you're, if you're trying to ask for a manager, the manager is backing us up because most of the time they know True. we followed the correct protocols and stuff. And so... You're, they're just going to want to hear it from you and they're going to back you up as as long as you didn't do anything wrong. So 
But just knowing that, yeah, empower the employees to know that, you know, if you come out, there should be almost no situation in which you have to come out. But if you come out, they're going to have your back because you're the one who's empowered to make these decisions and confront the customer head on. Um, so, yeah, I, I think do that's you, something else to add. Do you notice that with unruly customers who make it personal where they go, oh, it's it's Los who specifically I have the problem with. And then they don't realize that you're saying, look, the only reason you have a problem with me is because I'm telling you exactly what my manager is going to tell you. Yeah. So you you think I'm not going to do this because I just don't want to help you. So you take it out on me and you're being unruly. But I'm just telling you that this is the protocol that we have here. So. You know, I'm not, I'm just, I'm a company guy, right? And yeah. I've had that before. I'm sure you've had it too, where, you know, they start yelling at you say, I want to speak to your manager. It's like, I basically am telling you exactly what the manager is going to say. And I might even be doing it nicer. Yeah. And what I always used to do, I always used to document stuff too. I, I'd say in the notes, it would say such and such and such. And if I do have to go to a manager, I'd say right before I get the manager, and plus, sometimes I used to say, yes, please, when they asked for a manager. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say, okay, so this is what I'm telling the manager. Blah, 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 blah. This is what is the expectation. Okay, I'll be right back. And then the manager would repeat what I said, and then they'll have the discussion. And, you know, things would work how they do. But that's funny. Yeah. Uh, number three on this uh, post-pandemic playbook for employers uh, is very different. Find ways for customers to lend a hand, which they will gladly do if employees have created a meaningful connection with them. That will lead to further further efficiencies. Sure, sure. I, I you know, I. It depends how that's being applied, what the application is, but uh, restaurants yeah. helping bust your tables, like yeah, being that's, understanding, that's... maybe. Yeah, I, the customers busting tables. I yeah, I don't know about that if it's in the restaurants because it's like, yeah, they don't want you busting your busting your own table. Yeah, I remember when I used to work at Nike and Old Navy, like with clothing, and customers used to try and fold the clothes for us. <laughs> Man, that's a nightmare. Don't do that. Don't do that because you don't know how to do it. At least the way that we do. So, no, or Nike I, too, like doing the shoelaces. Uh uh, no, just don't touch it. I went to men's warehouse a couple months ago to buy a nice pair of shoes. And uh, the, it was some kid who was working there. He couldn't have been old. He couldn't have been older than 20, maybe 22. And uh, he was just flustered. He was, he had f 5 million people and I just needed to get a pair of shoes and the door was right there and it was open. And it looked like it was made for customers Lowe's, because it even had the display shoe there. And it had all the shoes that were clearly sized by, you know, like it looked like maybe I was allowed to go in there because mm -hmm. it looked like it was it wasn't a warehouse necessarily. It looked like it was just, hey, this is our stock room, but we don't have anywhere else to put the shoes. So we're leaving the door open so you can just kind of go look in there. So I did. <laughs> and I went in there and found my size and started and brought the box and went outside and started trying it on. And, you know, he still never acknowledged my presence. Still like, oh, man, just give me a minute, you know, and it turned out not to be the right shoe size. So I went and got another pair and put that pair of shoes exactly back where I found it. 
uh, you know, exactly. And I probably did this, I don't know, maybe four or five times where I tried on the shoes and kept going back. And finally, after maybe half an hour, he noticed me in there and he made just kind of like a funny look. And I said, am I not supposed to be in here? He's like, nah, not really. You're not supposed to be in here. I said, ah, yeah, I understood. You were frustrated. You, you were doing a lot of different things. So I figured I'd come in here and help myself. Yeah, I've worked in footwear, so I know exactly what I'm looking for. And he was like, okay. And I said, do you mind if I just keep going? He goes, I guess not. <laughs> and so I found my pair of shoes and he still got the sale, you know, in case they're tracking numbers, which who cares about metrics anymore, basically. But uh, I just thought it was funny that he seemed almost a little offended, but he was overwhelmed anyway. And it was like, dude, I don't need you to show me how to get these. Sh- I, I was the perfect, I, I helped myself and, you know, if he didn't want me doing that, yeah, he probably should have asked if I needed some help, <laughs> which I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's... I, I only made it better. I didn't make it worse. I cleaned up after myself, Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, but not everyone's Bertram. Not a, You're damn right nobody's not everybody's Bertram. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully he wasn't too bad at me. He yeah, said something cool. after where he was talking with me and my friends. It was like, oh, man, I'd love to hang out with you guys, but I just don't have the time. And, and we got outside the store and goes like, did you think we would hang out with you? Or I think he said you guys might be too old to hang out with me. And I was just we walked out. I was like, yeah, you're we don't want to hang out with you anyway. <laughs> like, I think he made like an old comment. I was like, oh, you guys are in your 30s. You know, I'm 20 years old. I, I can't be seen hanging out with I'm you. It was like, man. don't worry. We don't want to hang out with you anyway. <laughs> punk kid <laughs> have you ever had that where you work in a you worked somewhere similar to where you know you're like oh i basically know how this works like you went to uh, a shoe store you went to an electronic store and you said look man i don't need help i'm just gonna i'm gonna help myself does that ever happen to you yeah oh, i do that without saying uh yeah because sometimes yeah I, most of those stores whether it's footwear or electronics yeah, usually. <laughs> Even clothing sometimes, <laughs> I usually know. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I, I I don't need help or, you know, I know what I'm doing. It's just, you know, I'll be like, oh, no, not right now. Because uh, I'm like, a, I usually spend a lot of time researching before I decide to buy something. It's sure. like, seldom, seldom do I go into a store and be like, I've never seen that before. It's like, you know, now I'm getting my IRL moment, but like I've I've exhausted how much time I spend looking for stuff sometimes. It's ridiculous. I'm not saying it's healthy, but like <laughs> you know, that's 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 what I do. So uh I also know that you're an overthinker. Yeah, I mean this brain is just it's too much. I I, I need a I need a lever to slow this this down, man. That's just too you're, much. you're a measure twice cut once type of person yeah oh measure multiple times yeah goodness sakes but you yeah. might measure 10 times <laughs> and then cut three times yeah. i'm like damn hey you can't do that los <laughs> yeah but you know so um yeah but it, just being on the other side shoot that's why i also don't want to be that guy who said yeah i know what i'm doing i want to respect their work and their expertise mm-hmm. um but you know i just don't want to waste anyone's time and that leads us to number four Ensure that employees can see the impact of their work on the lives of their customers, which will make their work more rewarding and engaging. Agreed. I think that's kind of where it's at, right? Is that you want to feel 
good about your job. And that's the problem I think that we're having with all these min- – well, people just don't want to work anymore. No, people want to see the fruit of their labor. And unfortunately, too often, it's just padding the CEO's bank account. Like, oh, ew, that guy got an extra million dollars. Well, yeah, but that, I don't exist. I want I want to feel like I, I did something. And there's so many jobs that are not fulfilling, right? And yeah. and the, the jobs that are fulfilling aren't going away, but well, no one wants to work anymore. Yes, in unfulfilling jobs. So mm-hmm. we need to be able to see the fruits of our labor, especially with customers. That's We, we lived in, you know, we want to make sure that humans are very giving people. We could be very empathetic. And, you know, selling that person's shoes and knowing that it's going to make their life better uh, feels good. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, no, I, no, I agree. Go to, go to the next one. Uh, okay, last uh. one. Uh, invest some of the value created by the employees' redesigned roles in increased compensation and improved scheduling, which can make their jobs more sustainable and realize further value. Yeah, and where it makes sense, right? So this is me, and I don't want to be big, bad, capitalist, los as... You already as, are. As uh, Bertrand wants to, and here's the case, right? Another element of my case for uh, canceling customer service. Where businesses, so maybe your big corporations, like your Starbucks, your whatever. I'm just using them as an example. Your Taco Bells. Maybe those places should have less humans. And then some of the smaller stores should have more humans um, working uh, and, and for higher wages and stuff, uh, because or even if it's a big business and you value experience, so like in Apple, right? Um, but like those places, and the reason why I say that is those places where you want to go in and out, right? Maybe a Taco Bell, maybe something mm-hmm. like that, where you just want to get what you want and and get out of there. Maybe those are the places where we should put robots in there, and then some of the places where you want to create more of a premium experience, you got to have humans there. So people for your, from a, a psychological uh, standpoint, you could know like, okay, well, this is the place of fast, fast in and out. And then this is the place where I need to spend some time. And there's a person there who is connecting with me and communicating the options there because uh, that's what we're I think that's the friction point where we're seeing is that a lot of people aren't going into these jobs because first off, the investment in customer service hasn't been there yet. They're they're They need to bear the brunt of the the customer's wrath. Right. Uh, but yeah, so those places aren't paying enough because they're not built to provide customer service. So. I don't know if those places should be increasing compensation, nor should they probably even have humans in the first place because they don't know how to treat humans, quite frankly. Why, why is there a person working the drive-thru? Why is there a person taking somebody's order? Why can't they just do a kiosk? Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. You got. But, you heard this stuff where they throw drinks and stuff at the drive-thru employee? Get rid of that. Yeah, exactly. Don't have a person there. Then a person won't get hurt. They won't have to deal with that confrontation. That's what I'm saying. So nobody, nobody at that Taco Bell works in customer service. Just have a cook in there. Just have somebody who's like, oh, yep, here's your meal. Yep, mm-hmm. I don't and even so you, see you. You won't have to argue with somebody. You just you take what you get, right? And then, and then when it comes to a sit down place like your pizza place, have humans there. You know, that's that's not the place 
you know, for if you were trying to sit down, have a good time, premium experience, that's where you have your humans there. So people know from a psychological standpoint that they're going to be confronted with humans when they walk into this door. So you have to work your interpersonal skills. It can't be an asshole like and, and pay the employees who work there uh, commensurate with the level of service that your your place uh, seeks out to provide. Um, so that's how I agree with that point, but disagree at the same time. So like you're, you know, you're just throwaway places, just get, get rid of humans altogether. Just have your robots there, have technology because people's expectations aren't really to have a sustainable relationship. They want a sustainable yeah. relationship with the tacos. Uh, you know, that's, that's yeah, who and how, well, look at delivery. Now I get food delivered to my house and I don't even have to see another human being. Los. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the article has a, a subtitle that says connecting where it counts and when it counts, right? Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what I think you just said is that you have to be mindful of connecting when and where it counts and eliminate the things. You, I think you said that before, right? What what needs to be eliminated? Well, the things, why is there a drive through employee taking our order? I don't think that that's not working. Right. In 2021, I think we can admit I don't need somebody taking my order. I could just use a kiosk and, and point the things that I want. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And as we mentioned, because the person doing that job isn't being paid to give excellent customer service. So they're not going to. Exactly. And like that. Yeah. And as we mentioned in our jobs market episode, it's clear that businesses, some businesses aren't willing to pay their employees. So let's and yet many of them are still complaining that people don't want to come back to work. Well, then hurry up, get your robots now, because that's probably what you deserve. Yep. And that's probably what you need right now for your business. If you can't afford these people, then, you know, tough luck, try and find some robots somewhere because that could truly enhance your business and you won't have to rely on, on, you know, these employees that you don't want to pay. And so for those who do, you're staying many companies many businesses increasing the wages to bring bring these people back because ultimately we uh, i don't know why i'm saying we but the businesses have some making up to do with the employees mm. they it has been proven that working these jobs are clearly not worth it for a lot of people despite that they pay money maybe not a lot money a lot of money and that may be one of the points of contention but you know you have to Earn that trust back, right? If you want employees to come back into these this this industry, so you know, let's let's go back to the drawing board and we redraw what it is to have customer service. Even if you want to just deliver out a product, there's service attached to that. I'm sorry, that's the expectation of customers. So you're not taking you're not taking shortcuts around that unless you're gonna put a robot in there. So. Enough is enough, people. Let's get back to the drawing board. So, uh, Bertram, I want to ask for the last time, is it time to cancel customer service? When and where it's acceptable. Well said. In, in its entirely, in its entirety, no. Clearly, there are people who, there are, there are places where customer service is huge, right? In buying the right footwear yeah you probably want to have somebody who who can create that experience right for going to taco bell probably not 
right? Is I think you just said it. You said the tacos are the experience, right? And that mm-hmm. you don't I don't need somebody to tell me how much I'm gonna love the tacos because I feel like some things kind of sell themselves. The McDonald's French fries do a hell of a job selling themselves, Los, but for for finding the right, you know, I, I shop at a place that's much more expensive for clothes. Um, but I enjoy the experience every time I go there. Uh, I bought sometimes it's called Destination XL. It's a fat man store. And I, I just enjoy the customer service that I get when I go there and I'm willing to spend more money. I went to pay, uh, JC Penney's the other day to buy a pair of jeans. Los, it was a horrible, horrible experience because it was a ghost town. It was two floors. There was no, there were no fitting rooms outside of one a mile away on the bottom floor. I said, the men, the men's clothes are upstairs. None of the fitting rooms are open. So I go, so I got to go all the way down on the complete other side of this monstrosity in this ghost town where there's 12, uh, 12, 1200 customer service stations, but they're only really at one. So there's only one register. So I go, man, this is horrible. I'm willing to spend more money at a place that has great customer service. So, you know, it depends on on it, pay less or JC Penney's is probably a place where you should have some customer service, and for a you know your people are willing to pay more in certain avenues. That's not a place where I think it needs to be automated. So, should we cancel customer service? Yes and no. Depends on the place. Depend depend. Uh, a restaurant Los should still have some great customer service. A fast food place? No. Exactly. No, I I agree. I agree. So. It's good that we we settled this one. And uh <laughs> and and if you're if you're if you want to hear more, go back and listen to our episode on 4-day work weeks. If you if you said, "Man, I want some more of this. I'm interested and you're sitting here playing video games and you said, "Man, I need to put on another podcast." Go do our 4-day work week next because it, it it's sort of in the same vein. Would you agree? He agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. And yeah, thank Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bertram, you have, were those your final thoughts? They were really good That was my final ones. thoughts. Outside of that, and I love you, man. Thank you for doing this podcast no, with you, me. I love you, man. It's, this uh, is our uh, part 84 on our jobs, I think, our, yeah. our work, our working, the working people. Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah, the, well, what did I call it before? I can't remember. But the, uh, I don't remember what you called it either. It was a good one. I forgot. Yeah. Man, Lowe's is just he's great. <laughs> the collection. He's, he's, yes. <laughs> We'll put them all together and release it as a bundle sometime. Yeah, uh, a well-bound book. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd just be QR codes, but we just put together the book just because you just scan the, the page and it plays the podcast. There's no actual disc or anything. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I We probably need money for that. So if you want to subscribe or we should start a Patreon or something, let Only us know. OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, we'll do our OnlyFans. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah that's it for us this week Uh, make sure to follow our podcast like I said to be notified when new episodes come out check out our website Mad Mad World Pod so you could see the the show notes and all its full glory you could also listen to past episodes and check out our Instagram Mad Mad World Pod Uh, that's the that's the handle there and uh, yeah there'll be more maybe I've been talking about a Reddit a subreddit we should probably do that but you know We'll let you know when it's up. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. And don't ever forget that it is a mad mad world. Bye-bye.